This Moment Outdoors is brought to you by L.L. Bean, official partner of the National Parks Foundation for the Find Your Park movement. This week, a man saw Bigfoot in a national park. His first instinct might not be what you'd expect. A campground reservation website now has $48 million backing it. Will it change the way we find campgrounds? How we get fresh, clean water no matter how sketchy the source. And our journey through the Rough Rider State begins in Fargo, North Dakota. This is RV Miles. Welcome to episode 105 of RV Miles. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby. And we are two full-time travelers who, along with our boys, Jack, Ethan, and Henry, crisscross North America on one epic road trip. Each week, we talk all things RV and outdoors, from travel destinations to gear, industry news, our national parks, and a whole lot more. This week, we're coming to you from Grand Forks, North Dakota, where we are staying at the Turtle River State Park. This is a beautiful state park, our first North Dakota state park. We just arrived yesterday after spending several days in Fargo, North Dakota, which we'll get to a little bit later in the show. Uh, but North Dakota, this we're going to spend a whole month here. We're very excited about our time in North Dakota. Uh, and so far, so good. It's a whole lot of small town fun. It's really cool, too, because we're riding so far between Fargo and Grand Forks. We've been right on North Dakota, Minnesota state lines. And it's kind of fun to see the way the two interact with each other. Yeah, because Fargo Moorhead is yes. one area and up here, Grand Forks and East Grand Forks is one yeah. area. So, yeah, it, they're sort of single communities. Yeah, it's very Mocan first, <laughs> which if you're from Missouri or Kansas, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> Nobody cares. No. <laughs> We're also coming to you from Awkwardville because this is our first time recording the podcast, which you'll be able to find on YouTube in just about the time that this comes out. Yeah. So if you're watching on YouTube, hi, welcome to the show. Uh, uh, welcome to the Awkwardville because if, we have literally no idea what to do with ourselves. You can find the last 104 episodes on any podcast right. app and you can always listen to us on any podcast app uh, or you can listen to us here. If you listen to us on any podcast app, you can now find us on Facebook as well. Uh, if, uh, if this doesn't work out, this will be all cut out of the show. So it, you won't even know it. It will. And, Cause normally see what's so different about this is normally when we do the podcast, we don't, we don't get fancy. No, no. Like, I'm wearing my fancy jammies yeah. tonight. I wore my romper. I've, I'm, this is the t-shirt yeah. I wore today, but I've got my pajama pants on. Yeah. So. so we got fancy for the camera <laughs> because we never get fancy when we're doing the podcast. So the other day I have to tell you, Ethan had come out of the bedroom. We were getting ready to go for the day. He, he had just gotten dressed and, uh, and Abby said, okay, Ethan, time to go brush your teeth. 
and he goes, why do we always have to be so fancy? <laughs> we, that's, that's fancy for us is brushing our teeth in the morning. All right. Our level, our level of standards are real high. I, I have very high standards for my children. I just ask that they brush their teeth and get dressed every day. And I guess that makes us fancy. Yeah. Well, the getting dressed, let me tell you, doesn't happen every single doesn't, day. No, no, <laughs> but it's going to. I mean, I'm dressed fancy right now. I'm in my fancy PJs. So fun fact about North Dakota. From what we hear from the state board of tourism, North Dakota is often the last state people get to in their quest to hit all 50 states, which is really surprising to me. A lot of people get to North Dakota after Alaska or Hawaii. Do you think, though, that those people forget that Theodore Roosevelt National Park is in North Dakota? They might. They might. Because I have been pleasantly surprised by how many pictures we have seen in the America's National Parks Facebook group of people recently being in Theodore Roosevelt yeah. National Park. I think you have to think about the number of people that live near here as well. The bordering states. Fair enough. There's yes. not a ton of people in because Maine's really hard to get to, too. I mean, it was easier for us to get here than it would be for us to get up to like I, Maine. But there are a lot more people that already live up there. I don't know if we're ever you know, going to get to Maine. I don't know. We'll, we'll get there someday. Maybe if we fly. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. <laughs> so I thought that was an interesting fact. We'll, we'll have interesting facts about North Dakota, I think throughout our series of episodes on, on North Dakota destinations yeah, which we're here starting, over the next several weeks. Yeah, we're starting this week. We're starting with Fargo. Before we get to that, though, I want to talk about this piece of news that I came across. You know, the website Hip Camp. It, this is a website that uh, allows you to go and book private land. Right. So it's not uh, um, they do have listings for like uh, federal campgrounds as well. Pretty much what's on recreation.gov is on there, but you, you can also go book private land to camp on. Uh, there's a lot of private land out there, but they're, they're sort of fledgling. I mean, they've been at it for a little while, but they just announced that they have just received $25 million in additional funding. Now that brings them up to $41.8 million in investment funding for a camp booking website from who you know oh, in, anonymous. In, well alpha tech ventures you know it's oh, their, of course we're <laughs> venture capitalists well i was i was just wondering what alpha tech had been up to lately <laughs> now i know but i mean this is the thing I, you know we've talked uh, in depth with with people that own campground booking websites i don't know anybody that's got this kind of funding behind it if they put that funding to good use this could be one incredible campground booking website. If they put it to terrible use, it could be a, it could be a big waste of forty one point eight million dollars. I mean, <laughs> it's quite possible you and I went into the wrong industry. Maybe we should have put our sites on campground booking websites. <laughs> it's clear that there's money to be had out there. We may want to rethink our life choices. It's mostly tent camping stuff, but now they offer everything from. From tent camping to glamping and tree houses and RV destinations. The app originally focused on getting urban people outdoors, but I imagine with $41.8 million behind it, it's going to become a, a completely different thing. So I wonder what you can do in and yeah. around the Chicago area. I'm but, curious. You know, it's cool to see people putting money into 
campgrounds and campground booking. We we've been saying for a long time now, there are so many RVs being sold. There's so many people going camping, whether it's tent camping or RV camping, camping has become popular again. And that money has not been going into campgrounds. Now it is. Yeah. And don't think that just because there's been that little bit of a dip in the industry. And we talked about that, I think either last week or the week before that, that means all of a sudden campgrounds are going to start opening up and it's going to get easier to yeah. get somewhere. It's not, it's they, no. all those people still own RVs, but and everyone is still going, but we're seeing giant campgrounds being built. I mean, hundreds of sites, big, big investment firms behind them. Lots of money being put into campgrounds themselves. Uh, old campgrounds being bought up and rebuilt. All that takes time. Those campgrounds need time to to build. You know, it takes a lot of time just to get the just to get the grass to grow. Yeah, there's a lot. To go. And we've stayed in a couple campgrounds that were, you know, just opened uh, after construction or still in the middle of construction. And it's a mess it's for a, a mess. while. Well, think about over at Fort Pickens right now, they have that initiative that they have planted all of these small little trees everywhere because they're trying to bring shade into the campground. Because <laughs> well, there ain't we'll there's see no you in 30 years shade. <laughs> Our kids should enjoy the shade. Just that action alone takes time. And it's not something that's going to be fruitful like next camping season. Like yeah. you said, it's yeah. going to be 30 years before there's shade and you're not boiling in the Florida sun in Fort Pickens. A lot of work goes into putting a campground together that has sort of all the things that tick off. You know, we check off our list that we want and all those things take time and all those things take a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. I, I read somewhere that it costs about $60,000 per campsite to build a, a fairly basic campground from scratch. I believe a lot it. of people think that they're going to get into this business cheaply. You buy some land and you know, you bulldoze some campsites and if you're going to put uh, sewer and electric and all that, it costs a lot of money to grade all the sites flat. So now that we've got everyone excited about building a campground and st- terrifying everybody about how much it costs. We hope someone will still continue to go and build campgrounds. Absolutely. There are a lot coming. They're not built in cheap campgrounds. I'll put it that way. They're not building campgrounds that are going to cost you $30 a night. Campgrounds of the future are not campgrounds. <laughs> no. The ever since resorts <laughs> resorts are the name of the game right now. And uh, there's a lot of them on the way. I've only got one resort I'm going to. <laughs> And I think you know which one it is. The Disney World Resort. Fort <laughs> Wilderness. Wilderness. All right. We've got a great show for you today. We'll be back in a little bit with the answer to last week's brain teaser. And then we've got a whole lot on our visit to Fargo, North Dakota. Don't plus, you know. <laughs> plus a whole lot more. We'll be back in a minute. So today we went to a candy shop and got all kinds of great stuff. Spent spent a lot of money on chocolate. But it was money well spent. (laughs) 
And you know, in the middle of summer, it gets hot and chocolate melts. And we had a few other stops to make. Like we had we a did. few other places to go afterwards. So you know what we were able to do with that candy? We threw it in our Pelican cooler, which lives in the back of our pickup truck and goes with us wherever we go. Can you think of anything more precious to put into a Pelican cooler no. than <laughs> chips covered in chocolate because that's what we did we put some chippers yeah in the pelican and cooler. you know what there was actually there was no ice anything like that nope. the goal was just to keep it out of the hot sun of the cab uh, worked really well we take our pelican cooler with us wherever we go we we throw our lunches in there we spend big days out we we're often away from the rv for all day long and we put our lunches in there uh, but if we have to go to the grocery store we have to get some candy We'll, we'll throw anything that we want to keep out of the heat in our Pelican cooler. Sometimes the grocery store might be 45 minutes away and you want your stuff to stay cool on its way back. So it's always nice to have a cooler with us wherever we go. Of course, you can also use it at the campground as well. Pelican coolers are made in America. They are bear proof. They've got press and pull latches that a bear can't open, but more importantly, a raccoon can't open. And that's <laughs> yeah. much more likely to get us. They're lifetime guaranteed. If something happens to them, Pelican's gonna fix them for you. They're even lighter than other premium coolers out there. So if you go to pelicancoolers.com slash RV miles, pick out a cooler, they're gonna throw a free tumbler in for you. If you buy a any cooler at pelicancoolers.com. Check them out. They're a really great brand. We love them. We love that they're made in America. And of course, we love that they keep our candy from <laughs> melting. Thanks, Pelican. <laughs> All right. It's time for the answer to last week's brain teaser, which went like this. In a box, you have 13 white marbles and 15 black marbles. You also have 28 black marbles outside the box. Remove two marbles randomly from the box. If they are different colors, put the white one back in the box. If they're the same color, take them out and put a black marble in the box. Continue this until only one marble remains in the box. What color is the last marble? A black and white cookie. <laughs> now, That's what I want. Clearly, this is something you're supposed to figure out without doing it. But I think the only way I would have figured this out was by doing it. But the last marble will be white since marbles can only be taken out in pairs and you started off with an odd number of whites there's always going to be one white left over when you keep putting back in the box until it's left on its own there you go our winner this week is our friend howard tendler howard has answered i think every single brain teaser from the beginning bless howard <laughs> He is on it every single week. So we are so thrilled that he finally got that random pull and it is his standby. Howard wins a standby three in one beverage holder, which you'll have a chance to win a prize of your own later in the show with the new brain teaser. All right. I'm very excited to do something that we haven't done in, in a little while right now. We haven't done a gear review in a while. We haven't. It's the Jason segment of the week. <laughs> I love gear reviews. You do. You're uh, just glowing I you right now. Do, but I, I do. glowing. <laughs> so this week we're going to review the Lifesaver Jerry Can. What this is, is... It's a jerry can like you get gasoline in, right? But the, don't put gasoline. <laughs> but this is for water. It's the Lifesaver company. So what you do is you fill this jerry can with water, right? And it's got an amazing filter in it. 
this filter, it's, it's like, you know, like a life straw, like any sort of water purification system. You can drink river water with this. You can fill it with river water and, and pump it through it and you can have clean water to drink. You can store water in it. You can just use the campground water and, and pump it if you know you want to put the campground water through your RV system, but then you don't want to drink that. You know, sometimes you're on a well, it's got a lot of sulfur in it, that sort of stuff. This is going to filter all that stuff out. So we actually have been using it for our drinking water. And, you know, we, of course, wash up with the campground water and all that sort of stuff. But we fill this jerry can with water. It takes it fills it. It, it can take 18.5 liters of water. You do the you do the you math do that on, on the math. gallons. I think it's about five gallons of water, maybe a little bit less. Make that a brain teaser this week. <laughs> And uh, so you fill it up and then it's got it's got two components in the in, in on one side. It's got the pour spout and the pour spout has the filter attached to it. the filter is like a long cylinder that's down inside it. And then on the other side is a pump. So you, you give it some pumps and it gets it a little pressure and then it pressurizes the water through that filter. And then you can, you know, put something under it to to catch it, whether it be a water bottle or a jug or whatever you want, might want to use for it. And uh, the water's it's crystal clear, crystal clear, and it tastes great. It it really does, and it has a charcoal filter in it too that you can you can change out, and the charcoal filter really helps with the taste as well. But it's going to filter out well over ninety nine percent of bacteria, of of viruses, of minerals, anything that's in that water. The only thing it can't do is is get rid of salt. What's cool about this too is that you know, like I said earlier, we spend big days out quite often and we can carry water with us this way so if we are going on a big hike we can leave the water in the back of the truck and we can refill our water when we get back and it's going to be ice cold clean water you're, you're going on a canoe trip you can actually carry this along with you empty then fill it up and pump your water through it it's an awesome little device i know people that have gone uh, on mexican trips in their rv you know driving down through mexico of course you don't want to drink the water in mexico and they they use this for their primary source of water it's not a cheap piece of gear no it's about 200 and, uh 237 dollars right now on amazon uh but uh, a lot of the premium water filtration systems are in that range or more and we didn't want to install something in our in our rv um jerry can of course they sent this to us to test out. So um, we're very thankful that they did, but we, it is something that we have been using and we've been using it for a couple months now. And I think we're going to continue to use because it, it works really well for us. Yeah. I was a little skeptical. Yeah. I'll be perfectly honest. And I thought, I don't know if this is something I want to carry around with us, you know, space is at a premium. And I have to say, as we've been using it, because you're the one that's, you know, you were, really advocating for let's just fill our water bottles with it. Let's really get into that habit of using it in that way. We didn't want to be buying plastic water bottles anymore, you know, and we were buying some. Yeah. And I really feel like this has kind of changed to how much we're drinking water, how you I just am surprised by how much we're using it. And I think uh, regardless if they had sent it to us or not, that this would have been something I would have gone out and made the purchase on because yeah. I really do like the fact that it is filtering out so much more 
than what bottled water or even some of the filtration systems you can have in your RVs filtering out. I think it's, I mean, it's like 99.9% of the stuff is getting out. It's actually like 99.999% of viruses, 99.999% of bacteria, 99.99% of cysts. And it cleans up, it cleans as much as 20,000 water bottles worth of water before you have to change the filter out. It's a pretty cool thing. And I think it's absolutely what they're trying to do with it as well. And get that, get this distributed into countries where drinking water is non-existent, I think is pretty cool. And I always love when we can know about, learn about and work with companies that are taking their products and doing good with them. I love that. It's just a standard jerry can size. So that if you get like a jerry can mount for the back of your Jeep or something like that, you can slide this in there and carry water with you. If you, uh, you know, if you're boondocking and you need to run into town and get water, this is a great way to go grab some water. Or if you can just go down to the river, down to the lake and get some water that way, it's perfect for that. So we'll put a link to this in the show notes at rvmiles.com slash 105. Uh, and you can check it out for yourself. I think it's a really cool device. I think you're going to like it. I will say there's one thing they they did send it. There's a, there's a sprayer for it that, that you can get as well. It's an additional purchase that you hook onto the, the, the output of course. And, and then you can use it to spray. It looks like you maybe could use it to shower or something, but it, it's, it's kind of the same sprayer that comes out of your sink at home. Uh, I will say I, I wasn't too thrilled with that. Uh, there's really not a, enough pressure coming out of this unit for that to do anything. You can't spray off your feet with it or anything like that. Uh, it, you know, it, it might be something worth trying if you have a real specific need. I think dishes would really be the only thing yeah. that it might sort of work for. Uh, so it wasn't too crazy about the sprayer. And I don't think that is a necessary additional add-on purchase to this thing. Uh, but check it out. think you really like it. The RV Miles podcast is brought to you by Togo. As you know, Togo has been our go-to for all things RV. When you create a Togo ID, you unlock the entire ecosystem of RV products and resources that Togo has to offer. Some of our newer RV friends find the library of how-to content and video tutorials the most helpful, while others love the trip planning and organizational aspects. One thing that everyone can love is the Togo Roadlink. Roadlink C2 is a powerful Wi-Fi booster combined with a 4G LTE antenna. The small all-in-one dome easily installs on your roof and can be controlled by an app instead of a clunky portal. To make things even better, Roadlink has joined forces with AT&T to offer an unlimited 4G LTE data plan specifically for RVers. Whether you're a full-time traveler or weekend warrior, Togo is designed to make your life easier. Simplify your travel experience and visit runswithtogo.com. That's runswithtogo spelled T-O-G-O. An RV that runs with Togo enjoys more miles with less trials. And of course, you can go download that app anytime on the App Store for free. Absolutely. And by our friends at Wholesale Warranties. RVs break down. Trust us on this one. And with repair costs averaging $300 per hour between parts and labor, there's no time like the present to protect your life on the road with Wholesale Warranties. Wholesale Warranties is the leading provider of warranty protection in the RV community. 
With a focus on reliable coverage and customer service, Wholesale Warranties keeps you on the road where you belong. Don't let repair bills sideline your summer RV trip. Your RV will break. But with Wholesale Warranties, your budget doesn't have to. Get a free quote today so you can travel with peace of mind tomorrow. Visit WholesaleWarranties.com or call 800-939-2806 for your free quote. It is time to talk about our wonderful experience, our first North Dakota experience. How appropriate. Fargo, North Dakota. Fargo. Famous, of course, from the film and the TV show. Is with it? the same name. Not all of us have seen that. <laughs> Fam- famous for Francis McDormand's a- accent. Yes. <laughs> that I'm aware of. I will fully admit I have never seen either one, the movie or the TV show, but I Fully know all about that accent. But here, here's the thing you need to know is that in the summer, Fargo is not a frozen wasteland no, like it's it not. is in the movie. It's I don't know a- if it is in the winter either. It probably is. It gets, it gets cold up here, but it's not a wasteland. There's a lot of fun stuff to do in Fargo, Fargo North Dakota. Fargo is awesome. <laughs> Fargo is right on the border of Minnesota and North Dakota. And on the Minnesota side, it's Moorhead, Minnesota. Moorhead and Fargo are sort of one metropolitan area. In fact, you can hardly tell the difference when you drive into one from the other. No, I think we spent a little bit of time yeah. in each city while we were there. We did. I certainly know we went to a Dairy Queen. <laughs> we did. We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> we will. <laughs> But we stayed at the Lindenwood Campground, this Lindenwood, that's a city park. It's part of the Fargo Park District. Yeah, that has a campground in in the park. And we stayed in the B-Loop site. uh, We stayed in B9, I think. Yes. Uh, Decent site, uh, right on the water, right on the the Red River there. Uh, The B-Loop area was a whole lot nicer than, I think, the A-Loop area, where it seemed a little bit more crammed in but they were closer to the bathroom. Yeah, that was going to be my flip. So the A loop is very close to the bathhouse that has the showers and also closer to the playground that our kids preferred of the two. So that would have been a positive. The B loop was situated there on the river. Like you said, you didn't feel quite so close to your neighbors, though you still were pretty close to your neighbors. This is pretty typical in a city campground. You know, you're not going to have a wide open space, but you also, by that B-loop, were closer to, there's two playgrounds, so you were closer kind of to another one that was a little bit more into the park. Two real big playgrounds. Kids had a whole lot of fun at the playgrounds. Here. I really enjoy city campgrounds. I do too. I like the fact that it gives you an opportunity to interact a little bit more with the community. And this was a really busy park district area. There's a lot of trails. You can come in and you can rent bikes, tandem bikes. There seems to be a lot that goes on there. They have several shelter houses that were constantly rented out. There were constant pot. There was a potluck one night. I wish I'd been invited to the pot. <laughs> I love potlucks. You bring a hot dish you to bring a, a potluck hot dish. in North Dakota? No, not with a Southern accent though. <laughs> no, a hot, that was a, a hot, that was a, hot a, dish. That was, <laughs> one more time. A hot it. dish. <laughs> Hey, it's amazing. I love when you try to do accents. It's one of my most favorite <laughs> things about you. Don't do accents. Anyway, city parks are great because a lot of times they're put there just to really encourage people to to come visit a city and they're right in the action usually. So you don't have to drive long distances to get places. And this is no uh, different. This is right in the middle of town. Everything's really close. You're not going to be driving long 
distances to get in and enjoy what that they have. really often makes all the difference in the world yes. and instead of having to drive 45 minutes into town it is a little bit more expensive than most city parks a lot of city parks that we've gone to you know like i said they're trying to encourage you to come into this town so often they're like in the 10 to 15 dollar range this one is 30 dollars a night for water and electric sites which still isn't terrible. No, it's not terrible. And it does seem that this particular campground was often used as like a one night stop on the way to wherever anybody was going. A lot going. of people coming through to go to Sturgis. Yeah, there was a, uh, there was a uh, motorcycle camping next to us the whole time we were there. Um, I will say that these sites are not level. No, they're not level at all. <laughs> they are pitched Quite high, actually, at least in the B loop. I can't speak for the A loop. The A loop does look like they're a little bit flatter. The A loop's the most, which is why I think we saw pretty much all the motorhomes in the A loop. Right. Because and all you, the trailers in the B loop. You know, when you come in, the A loop is just kind of right there by, like we said, the bathhouse and the visitor center. And then you have to go down quite a hill and then you come into the B loop. And I think because of the fact that it's down, it's just not, they couldn't do it enough to make the entire yeah. pad level. So it was, it, it's, it's level left to right. And we were totally fine in, in a trailer, but if we were still on the bus, we wouldn't, oh my we wouldn't have been close to level. It would never have worked for us. Been miserable. Um, but I thought of that because you talked about the uh, biker that we had next to us, who he was just in a tent and maybe he was very comfortable. I, part of me felt really bad for him because his tent was like at 180 <laughs> the whole time maybe not that maybe more like 90 but still 45 90 90 180 is upside down <laughs> 90 is straight up and down 45 would be on the angle this is look brain teaser not my strong suit i have never said i was good at math that's not he my was on about a 45 degree angle the whole time. Look, but, he you was, know, if you're he laying tippy. head head up, I, I don't know. Can anyway, we just say he was tippy? Okay. I, I think he's used to that, <laughs> you know, in this little tent he's hauling around the country with him. Oh. Uh, one big issue with this campground that we had, though, is that our the power was dropped. It dropped down to 89 volts, which is at the last couple of days. Now, when we first got there. We had some weird things happening with our surge protector and it seemed to level itself out. And yeah. then the last two days, for whatever reason, our box, because it didn't appear to be happening to anyone else in the campground, our particular box just wasn't going to work. And we I, tried. I didn't hear other air conditioners happen, going on either. Oh, I heard the Jayco next to us with oh, our really? air conditioner on. Well, maybe yeah, it was just us. Me, maybe I was it was listening. just our site. So I think, and I think had it not, been just our site i think had it been a campground wide issue well there probably would have been something done we took we didn't say anything and we probably should have we I were mean, really busy Jayco next to us could have been operating their air conditioner on 93 volts and ruining it so i mean luckily we have a, a surge protector that tells us what the voltage is and and we're able to protect ourselves from that but i certainly hope not that's that's something that um you know, you got to be careful with. So anyway, we did have a few little everybody using their air conditioners at the same time. Power issues were that, you know, all that usage brings the voltage in the campground down. And, you know, once you get be be below like 104 volts, minimum, 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 you don't want to be using anything with a motor in it. No, two days of no AC, no microwave. 
just or anything electronic. We're running our fridge on propane then, and yeah. all that sort of stuff. So that's that, fine. It I was mean, okay. It we, were, out, you know, we were gone through the heat of the day anyway, so it yeah. wasn't that big of a deal. Anyway, that's the place we stayed, but let's talk about where we went in Fargo. Fargo is a whole lot of like small town fun. I mean, I think it's not a lot of big touristy stuff going on there. And a lot of it is sort of for locals, but we, we, oh, love, we love that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And we're always able to find something to do in those types of places anyway. But, you know, I don't think anybody is, I don't even think I need to say this. I don't think anybody's going to be like planning a trip from, you know, from Alabama to Fargo just for the heck of it. Like this is something that is on a trip somewhere, right? This is on your route and you, you're going to spend a few days here. Unless you really love the movie. Unless you really, really love the, the TV so show. If you do, if you do love the movie, you can go to the visitor center and they've got the wood chipper there. That's you all can, I'm saying. Yes. You can take your holiday photos with the wood chipper from the movie Fargo. Which I didn't know anything about. Until I ordered <laughs> we watch the movie. Oh, Come no, on. I really do need to watch the movie until we were at dinner and I ordered a burger that was called the wood chipper. Yeah. And then I got a lesson in why it was yeah. called that. Cause I was like, Oh, I wonder why it's called the wood chipper. Jason's like, well, that's from the movie. All right. The first place I want to talk about that we went to though. Gosh, I hope I'm going to pronounce this correctly. This is all you. <laughs> it's the, the Yamkomst. 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 Yamkomst Center. Okay. This is a, a, a Norwegian history center. There's obviously a lot of Nordic people up in, in the north in Minnesota and North Dakota. So uh, this is sort of a history center dedicated to those people. And what is there that is, is really cool to see is uh, they have a, a recreation of a Viking ship that was was built mostly by a man who just decided to take it on as a project to honor his heritage back in the 80s and he was there he was alive for it to go into the water for the first time but he died shortly after and the plan was always to sail it to norway after he died his his daughter and and a whole bunch of crew members and his sons, and his sons took it to norway i mean they sailed this thing uh, I think from uh, uh, from Minnesota uh, across the Lake Great Lakes. Yeah, it took them three months to Norway. total to do Unbelievable. it. Unbelievable! It was in pretty the spectacular. 80s. They have a video in yeah. the visitor center that you can watch. Quite a long video too. It was half an hour, which I was surprised by. Usually, you know, visitor center videos are going to give you a good like fifteen minute overview. This was really a documentary more than just yeah. a visitor it center. Like a full, yeah, it was yeah. a documentary of this journey to take this Yom Coast. Yamkomst. It's, it's the name of the boat as yes. well. And it means homecoming. Yamkomst. Yes. Thank you. It's spelled H. I should say, since this is a podcast, I should spell H J E M K O M S T. It's awesome. I think I love the way it's spelled and that it sounds nothing like it when you say it. I so the so ship cool. is, the ship is indoors here. So you can walk around it and you can go up on a balcony and see down in it. And you can watch the film as well. But my favorite part of this whole place is outside. They have another recreation, but this is a, a recreation of a Nordic church, a church that still stands in Norway that was built in the year 300. And this was back when 
the Vikings were switching to Christianity. So they were learning how to build churches, but they, so they're basically building Catholic cathedrals, but carving them out of wood. Cause that's what they know how to do. They're beautiful. And this is just stunning woodwork. So this is another, another guy. This is his, it was like, he decided to do this as his retirement project. Amazing. He retired and he spent five and a half years carving a, a recreation of, of this church. He went over to take measurements. He sent an architect over to take measurements. They had a log home company help build it. And it is stunning inside. Yeah. I don't know what else to say. I don't think it's something that you can really talk too much about in regards to what he created. You just have to see it. The detail of the wood carvings and just how gorgeous it's it like, is inside and out is, is stunning. It's I like can't, straight out of Lord of the Rings. It's it like, really you, you, it's like you would see this in Rivendell. It's beautiful. It's just absolutely beautiful. And what to see someone use their hands in that way to use their talent like that, and then have this here in Fargo, North Dakota that you can go and see just beautiful, really beautiful. Another historic place we visited is a place called Bonanzaville, Bonanzaville, USA. Old timey (laughs) stuff. Abby loves her old timey stuff and Bonanzaville Oh, it deli- it in spades. Delivered. <laughs> delivered so hard. Well, a bonanza, I didn't know that what a what a bonanza technically was. And it's a it's a farm, right? Essentially a bonanza is a Yes, farm. and it, I cannot remember exactly what uh the translation is, but it does mean something like prosperity or you know, to name your farm that is to bless it for wealth, prosperity, something of that nature. I wish I could remember what was on the plaque. I'm failing in my old timey <laughs> knowledge, but yes, that's, it, that's what it means. So Bonanzaville is sort of a collection of buildings. They brought some of the buildings there, uh, a lot of old houses, the old barber shop. And it's all North train Dakota station. It's all North Dakota but, yeah. stuff. And it's all, it's all stuff really from the Fargo area. Some of it's from outside of there, but most of it's from that area. The first home built in Fargo, an old log cabin is there, that kind of stuff. But then there are also collections of old wagons, a Wells Fargo wagon. Fargo is named after the guy who, you know, started Wells Fargo. There's cutters. Which you go in and immediately, if you have, you know, read any of the Little House on the Prairie books, it's really hard to come into this area and not think about the Ingalls. And so when you see the cutters, you know, immediately I think, oh, Christmas Eve, heading to, you know, grandma and grandpa's with Ma and Pa. And it's so cool to kind of go into these spaces and they don't have them so completely inaccessible to you that you can't feel like you're really getting to see the item and really get a feel for the item. Like that whole room with the wagons, you just to walk through, there was a John Deere in there, which was a really old John Deere wagon. Really surprising to see because we've been to enough deer museums, you know, in the quad cities that this was something I hadn't seen. As a matter of fact, it just said deer and not deer and company, which makes me think it was like, yeah. Like those first couple years. Yes. There um, was a really rousing rendition of the Wells Fargo wagon from the music <laughs> man that was sung as I came upon the Wells Fargo wagon. The kids loved it. They were not embarrassed at all by the fact that I was singing the music <laughs> man in this giant warehouse. It was a really great bonding moment for all of us. Um, 
<laughs> so this is kind of, you know, this is kind of, uh, I, I feel like this museum type place, uh, museum isn't the right word. They have it's indoor sort of like museum. A, a hist- like not living history, but in yeah. a way, living history. There's it, nothing modern about this, but I mean, it like it's in terms of like museumness, it's stuck back in the 80s, which is totally quaint and cool to me. Yes. And it's a hodgepodge. Like you don't really know what it is. Yeah. But I'm really OK with that. Like you just stroll through. They give you a sheet of paper and that sheet of paper is going to have a very brief description of each building. So, again, my kids loved that before we went into any building, we stood there. I read to them and then we proceeded in. Yeah, everybody loves is Jason's that. favorite part. You guys were great sports. You humored me for the afternoon. They have, but they have a, like Native American stuff. They have medical devices from, you know, the turn of the last century. All sorts of different things that uh, don't necessarily go together, except for they're all. But here they work. They're all old, old and, and yeah. it, it all works together. Yeah, so. it works. It's a really fun afternoon. It, uh, an afternoon is about right. I yeah. think um, you could spend a whole day, but it'd be a, it'd be a long day. OK, the next uh, the next sort of attraction type place we went to was the Red River Zoo. You know, this is a it's a it's a well put together zoo, but it's a small zoo. Yeah, but what they do, they do really yeah, well. It's a very small time community zoo. I don't want to you know, give the impression that it's going to be like, you know, the Henry Dorley Zoo in, in, in Omaha or something like that. It's a very small community zoo, but it's, it's all fresh, clean, new. The animals seem to be, you know, have great habitats and are very well taken care of. And, and they're also doing some really interesting conservation there. Yeah. They seem to have animals there too that are really cold weather yeah. animals, high yeah. altitude. So I enjoyed it. It is, I think, an afternoon. Mm-hmm. You know, we were there for several hours, but we did go to a gray wolf talk. Yeah, the the, I think that was the highlight of it was it the, the gray wolf exhibit. The zookeeper came in. Again, it was like a private talk for us because uh, there was there it was wasn't a quiet really time there. But another really great thing about this zoo, though, and we were talking about this on our way out, is that at least with their summer hours, they were open that day until seven o'clock. So many zoos close at four, four thirty. It's weird. It's very strange how early zoos close. Mm-hmm. This one stays open till seven. And what happened is we got there kind of like late, well, mid afternoon, probably around two. And by the time we left and we left around five thirty, six o'clock, it was really busy because everyone had either gotten off work or their day was winding down, but they still had time to get in a little trip to the yeah. zoo. And I think if more zoos would entertain the idea of not just doing a summer night, not just one night a week where they're staying open till seven, eight or yeah. nine o'clock, but maybe extending their hours, they might see their attendance tick up a little bit even open later in the morning like who's coming to the zoo at nine o'clock in the morning well you know what we are if it's omaha (laughs) well i mean if it's a big zoo yeah 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 for sure but i have to say that for what this zoo has and for its size it serves its community well it's animals are well cared for and what it's doing inside there is really enjoyable they had a red panda which ethan was thrilled very active red panda too, which was mm-hmm. enjoyable. The camels with two humps camels, don't often get hey, to see the two hump camels. No, you, no two humps. There's I. Is but, that dromedary? Is that, what? I, I think that means. I think those are dromedary camels when they have two humps. Sometimes 
I'm amazed at the things you know. <laughs> it's a lovely afternoon to spend in Fargo. Highly recommend it. Probably one of my favorite things that we did while we were there. Let's talk about the best part of really anywhere we go. Food. We do really love a good <laughs> restaurant, don't we? We do. And we, we found one that we really loved in Fargo. And it's called Sickies. The worst. I mean, it could be somebody's name. Come on. I'm going to assume that it is. I'm going to assume, and I should have looked a little bit further into this. I did not. It's a chain because there's also one here. Not a big chain. There's only like three or four of them in North Dakota. Uh, It's Sicky's Garage. Burgers and Brew. Burgers and Brew. Don't let the name scare you. This was such a great restaurant. I mean, it's Burgers and Brew. You don't go there for a steak. It is set up to look like, you know, it's a garage, you know, like, like a garage that you would go get your car repaired at. They've Inside. got all these amazing craft burgers. It's, so it's one of those menus. And actually, there is a video up on the Our Wandering Family Facebook page and on our Instagram, our Wandering Family Instagram. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, it's just a little yeah. four or five minute video, I think, of us going to this burger place because what... If we're going to make a video, clearly we're making videos about food or national parks. So you can see just from like the menu. But so they have all these burgers. I can't ever decide which one to pick. I went with the wood chipper. You went with the donut burger. The donut. That's right. Of course. Yes, of course. (laughs) The bun is they take a, a glazed donut, like a Krispy Kreme style glazed donut. They slice it in half. They grill that that uh, the cut side, and uh, and then they put the burger and some bacon and cheese in between it. it and good. I gotta tell you, I was expecting you know novelty like that. Right. I know that's a thing that is happening around the country a little bit. People are making donut burgers. That was so was, darn good. Yeah, that salty sweet, <laughs> yes. which I'm a huge fan of, worked yes. really well on this burger. Then another really cool thing about this place is in the back, you can go out kind of a side exit and then you go into sort of this lawn area they have. And back there, maybe it's just seasonal. I'm sure it's just well, this was family night. We were on a family night, so I don't know if they do it every night or if they just do it for family night. That is true. The night that we went, kids eat free. So that was another super great. Yeah, it's a family night that they do every week. So kids eat free. And then out back, they have these giant bouncy houses. And so the kids can stuff themselves full of burgers and chicken and then they can go jump around. It's a recipe for greatness. And they just run off all this energy. Parents can take a little red cup out from the bar with them. Go out there to picnic table. North Dakota craft brew beer. Now craft brews, local brews around the country are a huge thing right now. But you know, North Dakota is where a lot of the barley's grown. And Fargo seems to really be doing a push for breweries and yeah. coffee. In fact, while we were in Fargo, it's such a, it's so strange the way this actually ended up working out is my brother landed in Fargo. Actually, he was in Sioux Falls, South Dakota when we were in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, because he was out on tour with Band of Horses. Mm -hmm. They were playing in Sioux Falls. So we met up with him in Sioux Falls one night for dinner. (laughs) Then we all left. We found out that he's going to Fargo afterwards. (laughs) So we were scheduled to leave on Sunday. They had a show in Sioux Falls on Saturday night. Their tour bus left, drove to Fargo, and then we drove to Fargo just hours behind them. 
So then we yeah. went and saw him and they were playing band of horses was playing at a brewery, like an outdoor show at a venue. And we learned like through that. And then as we were driving around through the downtown is it does seem like Fargo has a real craft beer scene going on, which is super cool. I'm seeing this a little bit here in grand forks as yeah. well. Yeah. And we'll talk about that next week, but we went to a brewery today mm -hmm. and had some spectacular beers. We did. That was kind of a strange, but really awesome thing. It's amazing as much as my brother tours and is crisscrossed this country as much as we have. It's unusual for us to find him on the road, not just once, but, but twice. twice. So of course you always have to have dessert. Always. You go, well, right? if you it's are us, yeah, it's fun to find cool local desserts, and we got our cool local <laughs> dessert at the Dairy Queen. Yeah, we found that local dessert. <laughs> but no, seriously though, first of all, Dairy Queen is like it's a northern thing, right? Yeah. But yeah. also in Moorhead, Minnesota, just across the river from Fargo, is is a very old Dairy Queen. That is where the Dilly Bar was invented. But the story goes is that there was a training session going on. I think it was 1957, 54, 57. Something like and, that. And um, the trainer was, you know, pulling the soft serve machine and he put some on a piece of cardboard and it made a little circle. And he was like, oh, he stuck a stick in there and he goes, oh, what a dilly. You can't I don't know why you would say that. And then they dip it, it in the, you know, the hard candy chocolate and, and that became a dilly bar. So outside of this, first of all, they still make them there the same way. There's like a giant dilly bar there. Like if you're one of those people that likes to go around and take photos in front of uh, oversized statues of things like the, like, like the, the giant pistachio in Al, Alamogordo, New Mexico, stuff like that. This is that there's a giant ketchup bottle somewhere in the country. It's one of those where it's like the counter that you go up to outside and the, you know, they open a little door to to take your money and to hand you the the food. And then and then they have uh, tables outside with giant canopies over them. It's a it's a fun little uh, fun little visit to a Dairy Queen there. It's about as quaint as a dilly bar. <laughs> there you go. Isn't it a dilly? All right. That was our experience in Fargo, North Dakota. And we are loving being on the road in North Dakota and exploring this really awesome state that that people save for last, that they save the best for last, as they say here. Hey, summer is not over yet. And I think some of the rain around the country, there's been a lot of rain around the country. I think most of that has led up this year. So it is time now to go outside with your sunglasses on. Wait, so what you're saying is, is it's not cloudy anymore. It's not cloudy. And then there the sun is sunshine out. You can get you light. You need to put your shady rays on <laughs> and you need to go outside so that your eyes do not get hurt yeah. by all that hot summer sun. Uh, shady rays sunglasses have turned me into a sunglass person. Yeah. I honestly was not a sunglass person before. You were not. And I've always now. been the sunglass yeah. person. And I think part of it was because you were hesitant to buy sunglasses because you do tend to. I always lost them. I always broke them. Constantly. Yeah. I, I don't know how to put that eloquently. Yeah. You're no, just I wasted you and sunglasses. money on sunglasses because yes. I destroyed them. But now I think because <laughs> you have the shady rays, what's so funny is so now you have the shady rays, you have had them longer and you've held right. on to them longer than ever. And I think that's because you're not afraid there's just like, something knowing if, about that, knowing that shady rays will replace my sunglasses if I lose them, if I break them. There's should, something 
that's not going to happen now because, you know, that's my luck. That's right? how it works. <laughs> that's how it works. They should really just name that like yeah. the Jason insurance program or something. They should. If you go to ShadyRays.com and you use the code RV, they are going to give you 50% off the entire order of two or more shades. They are premium sunglasses at a not so premium price. So you're not going to be paying 60, 70, $150 a pair. Shady Rays, most of them started up 45 bucks a pair. You got, you get two pairs, they're 45 bucks each. You're going to get half off that order. So go to shadyrays.com, use the code RV, and you're going to find premium quality sunglasses at a not so premium price. And it's going to come with that Jason peace of mind. <laughs> All right. It is time for our favorite segment every week, the fresh tank, black tank segment, where we talk about the great things and the not so great things going on in the world of RVing and no, national parks of everything. Abby likes to take this real wide. <laughs> I have a very wide span. Abby, what is your black tank this week? Okay, it's not black so much as it's gray. So I'm this is my gray well, you tank. You got a gray tank. Oh. I got a gray tank. So my gray tank this week because I I find it annoying. But I'm going to say it's not like the end of the world. It's not going to, you know, we don't need to like do a, you know, a petition, a change. There's no change.org is going to happen out of this, right? Facebook announced earlier this week that they are rebranding. Re, they've said renaming, but I think rebranding is probably a better way of saying it, that they are renaming Instagram. Of course, Facebook owns Instagram. They right. bought Instagram a couple of years ago, along with WhatsApp, whatever that What's is. What's with that? I have no idea. <laughs> so they're renaming it because they want to make sure that everybody knows that the success of Instagram is due to Facebook mm. and the power of the Facebook. Mm. And the, here's, this is why I'm gray tanking it. I don't care. They're going to be calling it Instagram for Instagram by Facebook. That's just like the whatever. I mean, that's just such a ridiculous name. What drives me nuts is that Facebook, like Google, just can't stay in their lane. Just stay in your lane. Okay. Instagram is Instagram. Facebook is Facebook. Yeah. Instagram is not popular because Facebook took over Instagram. Yeah. In fact, there was a whole lot of upheaval. Well, I, you and know, all the original creators of Instagram have left. They don't like what no. Facebook is doing. And I'm telling you, the more Facebook gets into Instagram, the worse it gets. You know, there's coming down the pipeline where they're taking. You can't see how many likes are going to be on a picture anymore. They're taking all that away because they want people to be more interactive with each other. And they don't want spawn con and fine, whatever. Facebook just does what Facebook wants to do. And there's nothing that anyone can do about it because we are all so enmeshed into these social media worlds. All right. What is your fresh tank this week? So my fresh tank is going to a podcast that our family loves, and it is called The Story Pirates. If you are not listening to The Story Pirates, listen to The Story Pirates. I will listen to them without my kids. And I'll tell you why, because this is a group of theater professionals out of New York who have created this podcast. And what they do is kids write stories and the kids send their stories in. And then these artists 
take these stories and they bring them to life through music and through storytelling. And it is just this full on immersive, like sensory experience to listen to. It's really funny too. Oh, it's hilarious. And what I appreciate too, is that they don't shy away from the fact that they're New Yorkers that work in theater. I think I gravitate towards it because obviously we work in that industry and we get sort of some of that narcissism, I think that comes from being in the theater. But they just, they really do these stories well, and they really honor the kids that are writing. They honor their audience. And I like the fact that they are putting really, really good quality behind it. I mean, some of the music that they create, some of the songs they create, it's top notch. I mean, these are people working in the musical theater, music world, creating songs from a four-year-old's five sentence story. We enjoy it just as much as our kids do. And I think that that says something to the quality of work when it speaks to both adults and kids. So I absolutely recommend it. Story Pirates, you can find them all on any podcast app. All right, Jay, what's your black tank this week? Hey, a couple camping at uh, Mammoth Cave National Park said a man woke them up saying that he saw Bigfoot. Like you do when you're at Mammoth. Like you do. Uh, I don't know that Kentucky is really known as Bigfoot country. Look. You know, it's not Oregon, but Bigfoot will not be contained by state lines. So they woke him up. He woke them up. He said they saw Bigfoot. Minutes later, they heard gunshots. Apparently, this man fired shots near their tent (gasps) and was trying to kill Bigfoot. Now, what I love about this story is that our first reaction, say Bigfoot exists. Okay, sure, whatever. Our first reaction is to go kill it? <laughs> what? Yes, that is the American way. <laughs> I, You know what? Like, I just love the idea, too, that... Why did he... Well, first off, why did he wake these people up? I Did he want someone I, to come corroborate he, his story? Yeah, I believe that was that was. But he just couldn't it. wait for them? Or they were like, yeah, dude, okay, great. He was Can telling you? them the story for about 10 minutes, and then he left... And minutes later, they they heard gunshots. His campsite had been destroyed by someone or something, and he thought that that was big Bigfoot. Is there any actual evidence that his campsite had been destroyed? Well, it had been destroyed, I think, but nobody knows. I mean, obviously, it could have been bear, could have been raccoon, could have been him. Could Who have knows? been Bigfoot. I mean, it is possible that Bigfoot was on vacation. And he came down to Kentucky to go to the caves because they're mammoth and who's going to find him in there. You know, he can just get lost for a while. They said they saw the flash of his gun, maybe 20 yards from the side of their tent, firing off into the pitch black darkness. So, you know, if you're camping at at National Park, don't just go shoot into the woods. (laughs) And especially if you see Bigfoot, you know. Well, first off, well, let's call the press. Let's, you know, let's go take some pictures of it. Let's uh, first off, study it. Let's kill it. Can we please remember that we are in Bigfoot's home? Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. This he, is Bigfoot's. We got to respect Bigfoot's space. Yeah. We are. Yeah. We are in Bigfoot's home. I mean, look, Bigfoot, he, it is just trying to exist. Yeah. It's like the Loch Ness Monster. Okay. Let it lie. There you go. <laughs> What's your fresh tank? <laughs> My fresh tank this week is something that the state of New York is doing. I guess uh, around Lake Ontario, there have been high waters and, and uh, 
that's created challenges for tourism and business around around the the resort towns in Lake Ontario. So the state of New York is making 20 state parks in New York half price for admission and camping fees until Labor Day. So if you're going to be up in, in New York in that area at all, or you live there, half price camping and admission fees at 20 state parks in, in New York. And I've heard that New York state parks are really nice. We haven't been up there yet, but I, I, I it's a great park system from what I understand up there. Yeah, and it's a great way to go support yeah. a community that needs a little bit of support. So that's our Fresh Tank, Black Tank segment. It is time now for everyone's favorite part of the show, though. Even though the fresh tank black tank was the favorite part of the show, yeah, you can't have. I more. guess you can't have multiple favorites. So I mean, you can. It's like having kids. <laughs> it is you time. Can have multiple favorites. It's time for the new brain teaser, which goes like this: I was recently given a new watch for my birthday. However, it loses six minutes every hour. I set it using my friend's accurate watch at midnight, and now it shows ten thirty nine a.m. I know the watch stopped twenty one minutes ago. So what is the correct time now? If you think you know the answer, head over to rvmiles.com slash brain teaser, or you can go to the show notes page for this episode, rvmiles.com slash 105, and you can find the form at the bottom of that to enter your answer. And if you do, you might win a Not All Who Wander Are Lost t-shirt. And if you don't want to win a Not All Who Wander Are Lost t-shirt and you want to buy it instead, we'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Absolutely. And we want to remind everybody that cell service is still going strong. So if you want to get in on this, we are asking you to leave us a 30 to 60 second voicemail. If it goes over, don't worry too much about the length of it. Just, you know, whatever. That's fine. But we want to know what your favorite piece of camping gear is, the thing you just cannot live without. And you can call 773-769-7769 and you can leave us a message and then you might be featured on a future episode of the RV Miles podcast. That phone number will be in the show notes as well. And nobody's going to answer it. It's just a voicemail line. Uh, So you don't have to be nervous about that or anything like that. That's, but we're um, really fun people to talk to on the phone. But we're not going to answer it anyway. No. So. We're better to text with maybe that. Maybe that's less of a reason for people to call. I don't know. <laughs> I'll maybe text they, with maybe you they any day. Prank us. <laughs> also want to remind you that the latest episode of America's National Parks is out. And this week we have a guest writer. Lindsay Taylor is back joining us. And she has shared an incredible story about Adolf Murray. The story is mainly about introducing wolves back in where wolves had been eradicated in different parks. It's a really cool thing. Um, so check that out wherever you listen to podcasts. And finally, we want to remind you that we are all across social media and we would love to interact with you there as well. Just search RV Miles on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can also join the RV Miles Facebook group. We're a jolly bunch of RVers over there. And you can also find our wandering family all across social media as well. We just put up a new YouTube video. We're going to be trying to get YouTube videos up every Tuesday. Our latest one is on our little bit of time in Zion National Park from the, I think it was the October trip of last year. It was Bussy's last trip to Zion National Park. That's it for this week's episode, everybody. Thanks for joining us. And thanks to our sponsors, L.L. Bean, Wholesale Warranties, Shady Rays, PelicanCoolers.com, and Togo. And most importantly, thank you to you for listening, for watching. And until next week, 
keep logging those RV miles. Bye, everybody. Bye.